Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. I'm calling yesterday the night of a thousand feds. So let's, I'm going to give you a little history and then we're going to get into what actually happened yesterday. Because when you actually figure out why the raid at Mar-a-Lago happened, if you're not outraged, if you're not angry, and if you're not a little scared, you are either woefully stupid or you are at least totalitarian adjacent. Nothing that is being accused of here warrants an FBI raid, period. And that's aside from all of the numerous demonstrably provable examples of other people in politics doing what they're accusing Trump of doing in a far more egregious way and never getting raided. I also have the perfect defense for Donald Trump. All he has to do is say one sentence, and it's been proven in the past to exonerate anybody who does what he's accused of doing, if he did it at all. But beforehand, I, I want to give, this is a little hyperbolic, but the reality of how this is being carried out is still accurate. In 1934, Hitler launched the Night of the Long Knives. And this was an operation, although not to just arrest or detain, but to kill any opposition that he had. That was the entire purpose of it. In 1934, Stalin started the Great Purge. Saddam did it. Xiaoping did it. Throughout all of human history, you have moments that were carried out in various ways, oftentimes bloody, but not always. In Cuba, for example, oftentimes they were imprisoned. And it's one of the reasons I use Castro as such an example when we talk about how the media interacts with the public, how you have academia interacting with the media to interact with the public. Because the way that Castro did things is very similar to the way that we see things carried out in our country today. You get academics, you get journalists, and you find the ones that are allied with you in your regime. And then what you do is you have an organized, coordinated effort to, air quote, discredit anybody who has a dissenting voice from what the regime wants you to hear. And eventually, because the media is supposed to be a trusted institution, eventually what happens is it erodes at the population, their ability to see what's actually happening. That is how Castro did it. And then he would imprison and expel people that were against him. Yes, he killed them too, but far less extent than Stalin and Hitler. The way that Castro manipulated the media was so similar to what we have today, which is why I've been telling you about it for multiple years. You have very few people in the news media that are honest. We do have some. We have very few people in the media who are willing to actually ask very difficult questions and actually pursue a story. Most of them just regurgitate what their friends say. And their friend was regurgitating something that somebody else said. And they were regurgitating something that somebody else said. And all of it emanated and started from a single point, which may or may not have been honest. I use the Associated Press Wire Service as an example of this. 
I've played you multiple montages over the years of the news media repeating the exact same thing. And the reason that I do that is so you understand just because you have a thousand people saying something doesn't mean it wasn't written by one person. When we do the media ownership and how many companies actually own the American media, and you start to realize that, oh, we're only dealing with a handful of companies that actually own everything that you read and everything that you watch every single day. And from those companies, there is a corporate culture. And in that corporate culture, they get marching orders. And those marching orders are designed to amplify the same exact message. You know, this is a strategy that's even used in the military to make yourself seem like you have more forces than you really do. It's really just one message. It's just being repeated by many people in all different forms. Recently, NewsGuard, which is supposed to be the arbiter of who is and is not a trustworthy news agency, NewsGuard gave BuzzFeed, okay, out of all news media, BuzzFeed, a perfect score. In other words, BuzzFeed is the most accurate news agency in the entire world, according to NewsGuard, who is used by social media to push stories on your newsfeed, to tell you what stories are true, what stories aren't, to fact check certain articles, to de depublish or to de-push certain articles, shadow banning. All of that comes from NewsGuard and a handful of others, but NewsGuard is the primary one that is used by many of these social media companies. And NewsGuard is trying to tell you that BuzzFeed is the most reliable and accurate news agency in the entire world. And BuzzFeed gave you the dossier. Before the dossier, BuzzFeed was a laughing joke. So how do they have a perfect score? It's a great question. Robert Spencer, front page mag, end of the republic. When the FBI raided Donald Trump's home on Monday, a key aspect of what made the United States of America great and free has been lost and likely cannot be recovered. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson detested one another for years before their eventual reconciliation, but neither one used the agencies of the U.S. government to hound, persecute, or discredit the other. Other bitter political opponents throughout the history of the Republic have never before used the government's own mechanisms of, of justice to do injustice to their foes. Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, and their henchmen have brought America to a new phase of its history, and it is not likely to be one that is marked by respect or the rule for the rule of law or defense of the rights of individual citizens. Instead, we are entering an ugly age of authoritarianism in which the brute force of the state is used to bend the people to the will of the tyrant. It's not inaccurate. A lot of people didn't like when I called the FBI the FSB. But the FBI behaves like the FSB. Uh, for the record, the Department of Justice barely, by the skin of their teeth, met that 90-day rule for issuing warrants and subpoenas and indictments before an election. How convenient. Here's a statement from President Trump. These are dark times for our nation as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided, and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. Nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. 
After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. Which, for the record, has been the pattern with people in the Trump administration who got raided. You notice there's one thing in common with all of them? They were all cooperating. So why the raid? It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack on, by radical leftist left-wing Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024, especially based on recent polls, and who will likewise do anything to stop Republicans and conservatives in the upcoming midterm elections. Such an assault could only take place in broken third-world countries. Sadly, America has now become one of those countries corrupt at a level not seen before. They even broke into my safe. This is a critical and very key component to this story. Breaking into his personal safe. What is the difference between this and Watergate, where operatives broke into the Democrat National Committee? Here, in reverse, Democrats broke into the home of the 45th President of the United States. The political persecution of President Donald J. Trump has been going on for years with the now fully debunked Russia, Russia, Russia scam, impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, and so many more. It just never ends. It is political targeting at the highest level. Hillary Clinton was allowed to delete and acid wash 33,000 emails after they were subpoenaed by Congress. Absolutely nothing has happened to hold her accountable. She even took antique furniture and other items from the White House. I stood up to America's bureaucratic corruption. I restored power to the people. I truly delivered to it for our country like we have never seen before. The establishment hated it. Now, as they watch my endorsed candidates win big victories and see my dominance in all polls, they are trying to stop me and the Republican Party once more. The lawlessness, political persecution, and witch hunt must be exposed and stopped. I will continue to fight for the great American people. That was the official statement from Donald Trump last night as this was happening. Okay, let's move on to American Thinker, the complete Sovietization of the Democratic Party, and Caesar's Rubicon. We'll talk about that next. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, and covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WoWo 107.5 FM. The beginning of the live stream today on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. I played Trump's new video that he released today. And that is something that he released only on Truth Social, where you can follow me at Casey, the host as well. Patricia McCarthy, the complete Sovietization of the Democrat Party. With the wholly illegal and unconstitutional FBI raid on President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago on Monday in search of documents they have long had access to, there can no longer be any doubt about the full communization of the American left. Now, this is a critical component here because I'm still running into a bunch of people. I ran into people here in this building today. What was this raid about? So back in June, there was a visit by authorities to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, where they wanted to inspect the documents which had classified information and where Trump was keeping them. Now, he has full and complete rights to have these documents. Many of these documents he's required to have, okay? But he has to secure them. 
in a very specific way. Uh, the In June, the authorities said that they wanted him to improve the security of those documents. So the, the room that they were keeping them in, these authorities felt wasn't secure enough, and they asked him to increase that security. Okay? That's what this is about. That's it. He's not being accused of stealing anything. He's not being accused of hiding something. It is purely about, we think that you should have secured the documents a lot better than you did. So then let me ask you this question. If their, their contention here is, air, air quote, mishandling classified information, um, which would have applied to Hillary, but I digress. If their contention is that he mishandled classified information by not securing them enough up to their standards, then why did they break into his safe? What was the point of breaking into his safe if their whole contention was that the room he was keeping these classified documents in was not secure enough? Why did they go into his safe? Wouldn't the safe have been a secure location for said documents? What is the point of breaking into the safe then if the entire purpose of the raid was to make sure these documents that he's allowed to have, that they knew he had, that they have been allowed access to, this is a part of the process of of the transition of power. Why is it that they went into a safe? The thorough weaponization and politicization of each of our law enforcement institutions is now undeniable. The left has crossed Caesar's Rubicon. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, it basically means you passed the point of no return. You're, you're, you've been at the precipice. You've now crossed the Rubicon. The Democrats are so determined to destroy Trump, they are willing to revel, reveal, excuse me, their true colors. They are reveling too. They are all Stalinist communists now. They've just rammed through a nearly $800 billion bill that will obviously exacerbate inflation as well as transform the IRS into a Gestapo-like agency, armed and dangerous to all Americans but for the very wealthy. Small businesses that survived the lockdown will now be stamped out by higher taxes, audits, and regulations within that bill. The billions of green, green agenda requirements in the bill will force us all into energy deficits that will further devastate our already ruined economy with our quality of life. That is their goal. Their end game. The more corrupt the state, the more numerous the laws, as Tacitus once said. The globalists have captured every Democrat in Congress, every single one of them. Chances are, each and every one of them has been bought by China. By the way, did you see uh, what Nancy Pelosi said today? Did you see that Nancy Pelosi said that China is one of the freest societies on earth? Hmm. There is not one of them who has or will put the American people before their own personal power and wealth. Every Democrat voted against prohibiting China from buying U.S. farmland. Every Democrat voted against a ban on selling our strategic oil reserves to China. Biden has nearly emptied our strategic reserves. Every Democrat voted against a bill stating that pregnancy is, is unique to biological females. Every Democrat is on board with the sexualization of very young children. The authorization of pornography in elementary schools, libraries, and the pharmaceutical and surgical intervention of gender transition, even for children under 12 years old. Gender-run states, excuse me, Democrat-run states, Freudian slip, Democrat-run states seek to mandate gender identity education for young children. You get it? You get kind of the idea here. Now you go over to the Federalist. Joy Pullman, the FBI and DOJ criminalizing opposition to the regime 
is how the republic ends. And this is this is a long article that I recommend everybody read. I will put it in the daily show prep. It's 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 not massively long, but it's longer, okay? Too long to fully quote, but she's got this broken up into sections. Locking up opposition politicians is what Putin does, not what the United States does, yet we keep doing it. How many How many times have they accused Trump of criminal activity only to have an investigation show there was no criminal activity? The first impeachment was based on a lie and wasn't criminal anyway. The second impeachment was based on a lie and wasn't criminal anyway. Yet an entirely concocted and fabricated with doctored documents and FBI agents lying to get General Flynn. Thank God he was able to get that evidence and overturn that. Look at what they have continuously done. I've got story after story after story. I could spend the next two and a half hours sitting here reading you headlines of all the times the news media has straight up lied to you about Trump or somebody in his inner circle and got caught doing it. And we'll go over some of them today, but we're not going to go over all of them. But this is, this is where things start to take a turn. Those flashpoints that I've been telling you about for some time now, this is one of them. We've got a lot more on this. I will take reaction a little bit later on as well, but there's some things we've got to get through first. Casey Hendrickson here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, and also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WoWo 107.5 FM. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Back in 2014, there was a standoff at the Bundy Ranch. I provided a lot of commentary on that because Nevada is my home state and I know what happens with the Bureau of Land Management and taking land from people. So I understood the Bundy Ranch situation, whereas a lot of people here had no idea really what was going on. They couldn't make heads or tails of it. And the news media, of course, is just painting the Bundys as some militia or something like that. It's literally just a rancher who's trying to have his cattle on, on the prairies. Most of you know some of what happened. You get to a point where eventually there's, you know, federal agents there and they're threatening the lives of the Bundys. And then people started showing up and a lot of those people were armed. There was a moment, a very tense moment. Again, flashpoints we talk about. There was a moment where a Reuters photographer took a picture of a sniper who was aiming his rifle at federal agents. Now, of course, what they didn't tell you was that that sniper prevented the assassination of Cliven Bundy and probably a flashpoint killing people's lives. They don't tell you that part. You see, there was the call to take out Cliven Bundy, to end the standoff by killing him. And there was a government sniper that was set up to do that. Clive and Bundy would walk around on his own property armed because he was worried the feds were going to do something, which he's perfectly allowed to do. He never threatened any officers. He never pointed it at any officers, but he himself did walk around armed on his own property without ever threatening anybody. The order came down to take him out. There was a moment where a sniper did in fact call for the opportunity to take him out when he was outside. You see that civilian sniper though, they made sure that they radioed over to the feds and said, we have a sniper on your sniper watching you with your sniper on Clive and Bundy. And ultimately, Clive and Bundy was not killed and nobody 
died. But what if Cliven Bundy had been shot that day? What happens? Whether you like the Bundys or not is irrelevant. You had a lot of people with a lot of firearms on both sides and tempers would have gotten out of control. And a lot of people would have been hurt. And who knows if that spreads and emanates out. Make no mistake, the FBI only does things like this because they think they can get away with it. And make no mistake, they would do a lot more. And the corrupt people in Washington, D.C. would do a lot more if they didn't understand that they were staring down the barrel of a gun because we have an armed populace. There's no doubt about this. In addition to all of the fake scandals and the fake investigations on Trump and people in his inner circle that we have exposed and uncovered and there's been some legal remedy to, but not all of them. In spite of all of that, let's not forget that the FBI leadership tried to fix the 2016 election. They tried to fix it while telling you that you're a crazy person for pointing out that, hey, ballots that would never be counted in any election were illegally counted in 2020. Uh, You're a conspiracy theorist, but we actually have transcripts of text messages of senior members of the FBI trying to fix the 2016 election. This always gets ignored. So we've got an FBI who actively tried to fix an election in 2016, never pursued Hillary, never pursued Hillary. In fact, that's what this article is about. FBI raid on Trump compound stands in stark contrast to Clinton treatment years earlier. The official word so far that the FBI raided Donald Trump's compound in Mar-a-Lago looking for classified documents stands in sharp contrast to the way the Bureau and Justice Department acted seven years ago when similar questions arose about Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's email. Back then in the summer of 2015, there was no raid of Mrs. Clinton's home in uh, Chappaqua, New York. almost said Chappaquiddick where the server had been operated. In fact, the former Secretary of State's lawyer, David Kendall, was allowed to keep a thumb drive of the archive of her inbox, complete with classified materials, inside his office. The FBI even approved a special safe for Kendall to use to store the classified materials. In the end, Mrs. Clinton's faced, uh, Mrs. Clinton faced no prosecution because then-FBI Director James Comey refused to send the matter to the DOJ, even though he declared her handling of classified emails as reckless. He admitted in his press conference that Hillary Clinton broke the law. Do you remember what James Comey's defense of Hillary Clinton breaking those laws was? Anybody? She wasn't sophisticated enough to know better. Now, I'm old enough to remember... 30 minutes ago when the news media said that Trump wasn't sophisticated enough to tie his own shoe. So Donald Trump, all he has to do is go out there on news media, give a press conference and go, I'm not sophisticated enough to know what I'm doing with these classified documents. And it was good enough for Hillary Clinton, so it should be good enough for me. Their case closed. Because according to the FBI, that's all that was required for Hillary Clinton to not face any criminal charges when James Comey admitted she broke the law in that press conference. She just wasn't sophisticated enough to know That she was breaking the law, which of course isn't a defense. Millions have rightly lost faith in the DOJ, FBI, media, and Congress, and this is beyond anything I can ever recall, he said in a tweet. Adding that the raid left the perception Joe Biden or his administration 
was seeking to harm the man who might run against him in 2024. Now, that's Mark Levin. Now, here's the thing that you need to understand. When Trump references polls, uh, he's not wrong, okay? Uh, all the polls being done right now have Trump in a, in a runoff with Biden, Trump beating Biden right now. The polls done in Republican circles have Trump beating other primary opponents. That's all true. Now, they're just polls. A lot of them are unscientific polls, that sort of thing. They're more like surveys. But nonetheless, you can get where we're going here. Alan Dershowitz, lifelong Democrat, esteemed Harvard law professor, voted for Biden, but also defended Trump during impeachment, said that the raid was an aberration. Given that Trump wasn't even in Florida, a grand jury subpoena, he said, would have been more appropriate. Dershowitz said absent convicti- uh, convincing proof that Trump was planning to destroy evidence that Biden, DOJ, and FBI risked committing an abuse of power with the, with the raid. George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley, another Democrat who also defended Trump during impeachment, agreed the raid raises serious questions. Quote, the question is why a subpoena would not suffice, particularly when the subject is not present at the location. Instead, a raid was ordered to scope up boxes of potential sensitive documents that were not reviewable at the scene. And again, I want to emphasize this. This is critical because there will be a lot of people out there, and you've already seen a lot of this. Trump was allowed to have these documents. These are not things that he's not allowed to have because he's not in office anymore. Everybody knew he had these documents. These are part of the transition of power. These are documents that he is supposed to keep. They're just not for you to see. And in June, they didn't like how he secured them. I don't know if he secured them good enough or not. All I can tell you is that their recommendation to him was that he secured them better. They don't feel like he did it. So instead of getting a grand jury subpoena to go over the issue, maybe offer him a safe like they offered Hillary Clinton's lawyer to keep all of her emails in. Maybe they could have done that, but they chose not to. And they also chose to break into Trump's safe, which, by the way, was empty. There's nothing in it. They chose to break into it anyway in spite of a safe being good enough for the Secretary of State to have all of her classified documents in. When they weren't even in her possession, but in her lawyer's possession. You catching the differences here? If the Secretary of State was allowed to use a personal email server, which she wasn't, and give her lawyer all of the classified documents that she had, and she did, and the government's like, all right, We'll give you, uh, we'll trust that you're not going to look at her information, but we'll give you a safe to put the thumb drive in. Yet they didn't offer any of that to Trump. They just told him to secure that room better. Whether he did or not, I don't know. They obviously feel that he didn't, and they raided his property instead of just getting a subpoena to go look at it and work out the issue to make sure the documents that he is allowed to have and that they're aware he has were put in a place that they felt were secure enough. There doesn't appear, again, there doesn't appear to be any criminal behavior here. One more time. Places that have not been raided by the FBI. Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Even though the FBI is in possession of Hunter Biden's laptop, which they told you wasn't real. Hillary Clinton. Mark Elias and the Russian hoaxers. Elias is a lawyer for the Democrats. He helped arrange the so-called dossier. He hasn't been raided. James Clapper and John Brennan, who lied to Congress and committed perjury under oath. They didn't get raided by anybody. 
Adam Schiff, who lied to Congress and committed perjury. Kamala Harris, Black Lives Matter, James Comey, and Andrew McCabe. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. They didn't get raided. So a lot of you have been saying over the years, it's time to get rid of the FBI. And of course, the question that I've had, ladies and gentlemen, is, okay, if we get rid of the FBI, do we actually get rid of the FBI? Or do those people just move into the new, or- new agency that takes over? That's the question. By the way, the White House is lying to you and saying that Joe Biden didn't know anything about this raid. And if you think the Attorney General of the United States is going to sign off on a raid for the uh, the sitting president's political opponent in the past and potential political opponent in the future without telling him, you're dumb. But this is the Obama defense. The Obama defense is, I didn't know what any of my people were doing. I read about it in the newspaper with the rest of you. That was the standard Obama defense every single time there was a scandal. More coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also covering for Pat Miller. On Newstalk 1190, Wawa 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. So how many material falsehoods and omissions did the FBI and the Department of Justice under Obama make when they applied for the warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. Anybody remember? Does anybody remember how many when they lied to the FISA court? 17. Did those guys who misled the FISA court get raided? What about everybody who worked for Hillary Clinton who wiped their cell phones when they were supposed to turn their cell phones over in the the probe of her server? They wiped their cell phones. It wasn't just the server that got wiped. They wiped their cell phones. Let's not forget, they've now admitted that Russia did not hack the DNC server either. That was a lie. They now admit that. What about the Secret Service agents who wiped their cell phones? What about them? What about everybody in the Robert Mueller probe who wiped their cell phones and didn't turn over communications, including Andrew Weissman, when they were supposed to? All of that's illegal. None of them got raided. What about the IRS when they deleted all of the contents of hard drives that they were ordered to keep and were required by law to keep anyway? When they deleted those during the Lois Lerner scandal. Did anybody get raided there? Lois Lerner didn't even get fired. What about the FBI agent who assassinated Lavoy Finicum? And then he and a local police officer lied about it and covered it up. Did he get raided? Nah. He got a he got a, like an official reprimand eventually after it was uncovered, right? They didn't get raided. You know, it's interesting that several hosts have been doing shows lately about the DC pipe bomber on January 6th. It's weird how the FBI, they're still not looking for that person. Why are they not looking for that person? You know, the person who set bombs at the the Democrat and Republican headquarters, why are they not looking for that person? What is the reasoning behind that? Why do you think they're not looking for them? Casey, what do you mean they're not looking for them? Well, they haven't released the camera footage that would show where the person went to. Why are they not releasing all of the camera footage? If they want the public and the help in the public for identifying this person, why aren't they releasing the surveillance camera footage? So how do we get rid of the FBI? 
President Harry Truman saw the FBI as the seed of totalitarian cancer that it would later become. We want no Gestapo or secret police, he wrote. FBI is trending in that direction. They are dabbling in sex life scandals and plain blackmail when they should not when they should be catching criminals. Whether it's mass unconstitutional spying, interference on American elections, lying to courts, or entrapping and sometimes framing innocent Americans, all of these are linked to, by the way. The debate over whether we should have an FBI is drawing to a close. Almost every month, another informed author calls for the abolition of the FBI. So let's move on to the next question. How do we get rid of the FBI? In theory, a properly motivated Congress could defund and shutter the FBI with a simple piece of legislation. Unfortunately, until Democrats and establishment Republicans swallow their fears and wake up to the threat the FBI poses to self-government, the FBI remains above the rule of law and beyond the reach of Democratic accountability. But they do list some incremental steps that could possibly, possibly work. We'll talk about those coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat Miller. On News Talk 1190, WoWo 107.5 FM, we are live streaming. You can watch a video of this show. Hang out with us and other, other interested parties at rumble.com slash Casey the host. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. You should, if you watch video content online at all, you should be on Rumble. I'm not telling you to get rid of your YouTube, but you should be on Rumble. You can also join btmedia.news, daily conservative news, daily show prep, and more. More coming up. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WoWo 107.5 FM. Uh, before we head back to the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, I've got some breaking news. This just came through at 356 from the Indiana GOP. Today, in accordance with Indiana Code, Indiana Republican Party Chairman Kyle Hupfer officially called two caucuses of eligible precinct committee members to separately fill ballot vacancies for the upcoming special election and the upcoming general election resulting from the passing of Representative Jackie Wilarski. We are still in shock by the tragic passing of Representative Jack Wilarski and not eager to talk about the next steps, stated Indiana Republican Party Chairman Kyle Huffer. Unfortunately, Indiana Code requires us to move much faster than any of us would like. While we are taking actions to move forward and filling the vacancies, we shall not forget Jackie, Zach, and Emma and their Im- immense legacies. And I've, I've told you before, and I posted this, and, and I, I, I mean, I put a little intro on this um most of you know zach was a friend of mine and we worked with emma regularly here at the radio station because she was jackie's comms director and i've known jackie for 11 years but it, people are asking you know because we're approaching election time and there's a political process that has to play out and as i've said before it's like you know we will get you the information when it comes out but everybody is trying to catch their breath at this point in time um, I know that Susan over at the Republican Party headquarters, she has been running a mile a minute since this happened. Uh, there's a, a lot of emotions going through them. They're not even you know, laid to rest yet. Um, that's coming soon. Uh, a lot of that's happening this week. But uh, it is, it's, been, it's been tough for everybody. But there is still a political process that has to play out. Uh, the Republican Party has obligations. There is an election upcoming, which 
uh, puts a little bit more pressure on everybody to to act in a much faster faster capacity than they really want to. So again, typically um, they would wait a little bit longer. He actually addressed that in the press release. Generally, the Indiana Republican Party would have 30 days to fill a ballot vacancy. However, in this instance, Indiana Code requires that certificate of nomination be submitted to the Indiana Election Division no later than noon on Friday, August 26th. So they have to act fast just because of the timing of all of this. It's not due to any insensitivity. Okay. Accordingly, the caucuses will be held at 11 a.m., on Saturday, August 20th, at Grissom Middle School, which is on Kern Road in Mishawaka. They have a link to the special election information that you can get. I will try and remember to put that in the daily show prep, but the caucuses have been announced. Um, That is going to be happening again on August 20th at Grissom Middle School at 11 a.m. in Mishawaka. Back to the... FBI situation. I'm working on getting somebody from the Heritage Foundation on. They offered somebody to me, but unfortunately I missed their email before the start of the show. And I I was going to have their vice president on. Um, So I missed that. So Heritage Foundation is trying to find somebody else who's a constitutional expert to come on and talk about what happened at Mar-a-Lago. We left off in the last hour. How do we get rid of the FBI? It is becoming increasingly clear that the FBI isn't what we want it to be. And I realize that this is not the first time in the FBI's history that we have had this problem. But now the FBI is doing something that previously we we may not have known about if it happened at all. Okay, I'm willing to concede that potentially the FBI has meddled in politics a lot more in the past. We just didn't know it. Now we do. But let's just, for the sake of argument here, say that they didn't. And now we've got them meddling in elections in 2016, um, you've got them doing things for 2020 and 2024 that could affect elections if it's not directly involved in electioneering. There's a lot of people looking at this stuff and saying, it's time. It's time that the FBI go. But the FBI does provide a critical national security service. So can we let it go? What happens to the people who work for the FBI? Do they just move over to a new new agency, which is just going to be the same people doing the same thing under a new name? It's kind of like the KGB going to the FSB. It's not really different, okay? I've been saying the FBI is the FSB for a long time now. So American Greatness has this article on here. We left off with, in theory, a properly motivated Congress could defund and shutter the FBI with a simple piece of legislation. Unfortunately, until Democrats and establishment Republicans swallow their fears and wake up to the threat the FBI poses to self-government, the FBI remains above the rule of law and beyond the reach of Democratic accountability. And this is really the big problem here. The big problem isn't that the FBI exists. The big problem isn't even that the FBI abuses its authority. The problem is every time the FBI gets caught abusing its authority and breaking the law, they're not punished. I've got Director Ray in transcripts in the FISA court that the FISA court themselves released promising everybody that he would not continue the unconstitutional illegal surveillance of American citizens that was being done by former Director Comey. And what did he get caught doing? Doing the same program. Twice. He didn't dismantle the program. 
He's continuing to do it. And the FISA court has made it very clear that this is against the law. You're not allowed to conduct surveillance operations without a warrant on American citizens. And yet the FBI has continuously done it. And nobody goes to jail. Nobody gets fired. The news media barely covers it if they cover it at all. Now, that, of course, encourages more abuse. Why do you think there's so many FBI whistleblowers right now that are going around the official whistleblower protocols and they're just going directly to members of Congress? They're doing it because there's no other options for them. So the article continues. There's a reason why the FBI loves to paint its opponents as political rivals and political rivals as agents of Putin or stooges for Russia. Through the Russian collusion hoax, the public learned that the FBI can use a false allegation of a target acting as a foreign agent to spy on political opponents. While the FBI, in theory, was supposed to have probable cause that Carter Page, a figure in the Trump campaign, was an agent of Russia, it lied to the FISA court to conceal Page's history of providing information voluntarily to the CIA. Carter Page is actually a hero who actually captured, he helped the FBI capture a real Russian spy. Yet the FBI lied to the FISA court 17 times to be able to spy on Carter Page. And then they smeared him and his legacy and reputation in the news media. And it was all a lie. Through the warrant to spy on Page, the FBI, in coordination with subcontractors for the Clinton campaign, spied on the Trump campaign. Long after the FBI knew that there was no there there, it used the sham counterintelligence investigation to engineer the appointment of a special counsel to interfere with the peaceful transition of power. The FBI has been ineffective at using the FISA court to catch real spies, however, preferring instead to reverse engineer warrants on real American targets who happen to have some incidental contact with a Russian. The FBI has shown that it cannot be trusted with the domestic counterintelligence brief and that power should be reassigned to an agency that won't abuse the power. Okay. Of course, the real question is how? Truman also wrote, Hoover would give his right eye to take over, and all congressmen and senators are afraid of him. Democrats are fools if they believe the FBI is a reliable ally. Truman would know. The FBI attempted to throw the 1948 presidential election by leaking to Republican challenger Thomas Dewey, compromising information about President Harry Truman's former association with the Kansas City political machine of the corrupt boss Tom Pendergast. The details soon found their way into Republican campaign literature. Politicians feared the FBI because its ability to plant and spread stories with the imprimatur of the Bureau as a source. When the FBI sees a candidate engaged in real corruption, however, it seems to do the opposite, running interference with the news media to protect that candidate by suppressing news stories or characterizing politically inconvenient evidence as, quote, Russian disinformation, which they have done repeatedly to help Democrats. They used to help Republicans. Now they're helping Democrats, and it's all wrong. The sole purpose of the FBI is to make sure that our nation isn't being spied on and to handle these bigger cases, including trafficking. And there are many agents who do that job wonderfully. But it is crystal clear, folks, that the, the agency leadership and management continues to abuse its authority. It gets called out by even the most secret of courts, the FISA court, who releases transcripts of secret court hearings 
with the director of the FBI. Why? Because they wanted the public and they wanted Congress to know that the FBI was breaking the law on a routine and regular basis and violating your civil rights, not just Trump's, your civil rights. Has anybody been arrested? Director Ray should be in handcuffs. Director Ray sat there in a FISA court and promised the court that he was going to end Comey's operations. And he got caught twice continuing those operations. And again, those are illegal operations that are being conducted against you. So why is he not in handcuffs? Why does he still have a job? I go back to a story that I covered a few years ago where the FBI, air quote here, the FBI uncovered listening devices in Washington, D.C. They're all over the city. These listening devices pretend to be cell phone towers and your cell phone connects to them. And then it's able to snag all of the information and data off your phone. And they said that a foreign entity put those things up in Washington, D.C. There's just one problem with that story. And I'm the only person in the news media that I know of who has pointed this out to you. That technology is exactly like the FBI Stingray technology. And if you don't know what Stingray is, I encourage you to look it up. Because Stingray does that. It pretends to be a cell phone tower. Your phone connects to it, and it can rip anything off of your phone that it wants. It can listen to your phone calls. It can read your text messages. They can look at the pictures that you send of yourself to your boyfriend or girlfriend late at night. They can do all of that. And they give it away to police departments for free. But there's a caveat. For a police department to get Stingray, which includes local law enforcement in our area and probably in your area too, Fort Wayne, in order for you to get the Stingray devices... If you're local law enforcement, you've got to give the FBI access to your databases. There's a process that plays out here. So what if the FBI did put those devices in D.C. and they just have all this dirt on everybody? And maybe that's why people like Director Ray, who break the law, don't go to jail. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190-1075-FM. Whoa, whoa, Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. It uh, looks like we'll have a guest here. It looks uh, like they'll be coming up at 435 from the Heritage Foundation to talk about the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. Uh, I did include all of the information about the special election to fill Jackie's vacancy in the Daily Show Prep. So that will be in the Daily Show Prep today at the end of the show at btmedia.news. All right. Republicans are demanding Garland Ray testify at Judiciary Committee on, on the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Republicans are demanding that Director Ray and the Attorney General Merrick Garland appear before the House Judiciary Committee on Friday to explain the Department of Justice's actions in raiding former President Donald Trump. Again, friendly reminder for everybody who's just joining us, this is purely about, in June, them thinking that the room that Trump was keeping the documents that he's legally allowed to have, but do have classified and sensitive information, that they didn't feel he was doing enough to secure the room, and they asked him to secure the room more, okay? Now, they raid Mar-a-Lago, his home. They broke into his safe, which doesn't make any sense, because if the documents were in the safe, they would at least be in a safe, which is kind of what they want. That was good enough for the FBI when it came to Hillary Clinton's attorney, who had a thumb drive 
with all of her classified documents on it. They gave him a safe. They didn't do any of that for Trump. This is easily something that legal scholars have said. The crimi- this this is, raid is criminal. It could have easily been a grand jury subpoena just to deal with the issue if they really felt that there was a potential security risk by not securing the documents in an appropriate way. This all stems from we don't like the way you're storing the documents that you're allowed to have because there's sensitive information on the documents and we think it needs to be more secure. That's all this is. At this point in time, that is all the FBI has told anybody in the media. Nobody has any additional information. If that changes, we will, of course, tell you. But at this point in time, we're literally talking about you have documents. Oh, you've secured the documents. Okay, great. We just want them secured more. Oh, you didn't do enough. So we're going to go ahead and send a thousand agents to your house and just tear down your stuff. Which is totally and completely illegal. And not appropriate. And that's why you have so many legal scholars going, this is criminal. You can't do this. And people are not overusing the word Gestapo here. FBI agents executed a search warrant at Trump's Mar-a-Lago in Florida residence on Monday, ostensibly in connection with an investigation of the handling of presidential documents. It was the first such raid in the history of the country. As Democrats and liberal cable pundits celebrated, Republicans were united in their condemnation of what appeared to be an effort to abuse law enforcement to target a member of the opposition and a likely candidate in the next presidential election. Experts said that the raid appeared excessive, even if it had a legitimate purpose. Critics also noted the fact that Democrats who appeared to have committed misconduct, including President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, had never been raided. Representative Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, the ranking minority member of the House Judiciary Committee, noted that the House... Uh, would be in session on Friday to vote on the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which passed uh, the Senate on Sunday, and that Ray and Garland should use the opportunity to appear before the committee on Friday and explain the extraordinary raid on Congress, uh, to Congress, excuse me. Uh, well, will Director Ray actually do it? I don't know. Director Ray cut out of his Senate committee hearing that he was being asked very tough questions for because he, quote, had a flight to catch, and it turns out it was a private Gulfstream that you paid for as the taxpayer, and he was going on vacation. So I don't think that Director Ray's all that interested in answering any questions right now. We got Pompeo, we got DeSantis condemning the raid, talking about Banana Republic stuff, and that's exactly what this is. There's no doubt about it. The January 6th committee is all the example of Banana Republic that you need. There are like two people who think it's legal. Most legal scholars think the January 6th committee is illegal. None of the people that they're being called are being provided any of the evidence against them. They're only calling people who are presenting one narrative. They're not allowing people to see any evidence that would be used for questioning. None of this would fly in a court and everybody knows it. So there isn't a legal process playing out there, and that's all designed to get Trump, too. Not to mention the January 6th committee has been caught five times lying to you and one time fabricating evidence. MNC News Time is 4.30. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Casey Hendrickson here on 95.3 MNC, also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOWO, 107.5 FM all this week. Pat is on vacation. 
All right. We are talking about the raid on Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. And I know that I'm throwing a lot of information at you. I understand that. But this is this is extremely important. And, it, you know, I, I think when you talk about Caesar's Rubicon, I don't think that that is an overstatement. I really don't. And I wanted to bring in some some expertise, some legal help here. So joining us right now is Sarah Perry, senior legal fellow over at the Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Just, uh, Judicial Studies over at the Heritage Foundation. Sarah, thank you so much for the time. I know that this is a bit last minute, but I appreciate you joining the show. Thanks for having me. All right. I want to get your initial legal assessment here of what happened and tell my audience that I'm just a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist and that all the things that I've said <laughs> couldn't possibly be true. <laughs> Well, what this uh, situation apparently concerns is Trump's maintenance of classified documentation after he left the White House. Now, the Federal Records Act indicates that anyone who is in possession of classified government materials has to surrender them at the end of their term or their service with the federal government, and those are housed eventually by the National Archives. Mm -hmm. Well, allegedly, what we are hearing is that there were maintenance of documents that were still classified at his personal residence in Mar-a-Lago. That was purportedly the evidence out upon which a U.S. magistrate judge swore a search warrant for the FBI under the leadership of Christopher Wray to go in and to, with the cooperation of the Secret Service who opened the doors for them, to go in and gather up a number of materials, including materials that were purportedly kept within a safe uh, in the former president's office. Now, we have since learned that Cash Patel, who is a high-ranking Trump administration official at the Defense Department, uh, has told one of our news sources that Trump had previously declassified all the documents he had at Mar-a-Lago while he was still president. So that's certainly one of the unilateral and broad authorities that a sitting president has before right. they leave office is to declassify certain informational documentation. And Patel actually said that White House counsel failed to generate the paperwork to change the classification, but it didn't mean that the information wasn't declassified. Um, Patel actually said he was there with the president when he said we are declassifying this information. Now we have yet to see whether or not someone who is in the White House counsel's office supports that account and can verify that indication. But if that's the case, then the material that the warrant was sworn out upon, the affidavit saying we believe there are X, Y, Z issues here, sufficient to get a warrant, may not actually be a valid warrant in the first place. There has to be, of course, as you know, probable cause right. to be able to swear out a search warrant. And yes, search warrants are sworn out on maintenance, criminal maintenance of documentation and classified material all the time. But this type of a search, the raid of a former president's home is unprecedented. So it will ultimately be determined here by the affidavit, the evidence upon which the FBI went to the magistrate judge and said, we need a search warrant. What ultimately I would ask for, and I think some of the other legal scholars here are of like mind on this, let's see the affidavit. Turn over the affidavit that supported the search warrant in the first place, obviously redact information on confidential sources, mm -hmm. but let us know what 
we are to believe about the reason you went in in the first place and what that sworn affidavit actually says. I think that's going to shed a lot of much-needed light on this situation. Yeah, because, I mean, the FBI would never, ever, um, you know, submit anything falsely or without proper evidence and maybe misleading court or something. Like, that would never happen. Um, okay, so this that actually, what you said actually addresses one of the things. Because I've been hearing from the very beginning that Trump was allowed to have the documents that he had. The authorities knew about this back in June. They asked him to secure them better. Um, and apparently he didn't meet those criteria and a raid happens instead of a grand jury subpoena. Why right. a raid instead of a grand jury subpoena, though? Well, I think we know the answer to that question. It's very clear that this administration has weaponized the application of criminal justice to its purported adversaries and has turned the other way when it goes to its friends. I give you Hillary Clinton, 33,000 emails and destroyed servers and her personal home in Chappaqua, New York. I also give you Hunter Biden's laptop and the yep. criminal ongoing enterprise he was involved with with China. Nothing transpires when it's a particular Democratic operative, but when the tables are turned, particularly when it comes to a candidate that may be running again in 2024 against this same president, this is an administration that has flesh in the game of attempting to stymie his efforts at running again for political office. And one of the things that has been circulating in the Twitter sphere is a portion of the U.S. Criminal Code, Section 2071, and that goes to any officer or person holding any office under the United States to mismanage classified or government property mm -hmm. or documentation. And some people have said, hey, listen, if he violated Section 2071, he is definitely not going to be able to run for president again. But what I would say, and the Supreme Court has made very clear under two cases, the most recent of which is a case called U.S. Term Limits versus Thornton, that Congress and the states cannot add to the express qualifications for federal seats in Article One of the Constitution. Okay. So in other words, you can't say that mismanagement of classified information, assuming for argument's sake that's exactly what happened, even if that is not a disqualifying situation for the president's presidential run purportedly in 2024. In fact, what this Department of Justice may have actually done is galvanize Trump's base within a few minutes. We know he had supporters outside the Mar-a-Lago gates. Yeah. And obviously the Twitter sphere is absolutely agog at what happened. If anything, I think what this has done is inject the potential of his running again in 2024 with some much needed energy because this administration continues to come for him over and over again without anything to support it. I think a lot of people are looking at the video that Trump released today on Truth Social and they're like, well, this seems like he's running again. I mean, and this is the thing, too. This kind of goes back to like the moment when Trump was like, I'm going to run. It was when Obama kind of made fun of him. Right. And then all of a sudden, that's what a lot of people you know, point back to. Obama made fun of him at the, uh, the gala. And next thing you know, Trump is running and he's in the White House and that sort of thing. And even if Trump was considering not running now, if he was just going to focus on, you know, truth social and the media empire that he's building, then maybe something like this would actually be a catalyst for him to say, all right, that's it. I'm getting back in this thing. And if yeah. nothing else, they could have very well pushed him into it when he was kind of teetering. And I think it was a lot of marketing. I wasn't even sure that I haven't been convinced up until this point that Trump is actually going to run again. But I, yeah. now maybe he will because we know he's a 
he's a spiteful individual. And if somebody Absolutely. somebody tries to keep him from doing anything, he's just going to do it. Um, I wanted to address something else with you, too. And again, we are talking with Sarah Perry, a senior legal fellow over at the Heritage Foundation. There is something that Paul Sperry posted on social media saying that the DOJ just barely met the 90-day rule for issuing warrants, subpoenas, indictments before an election. Uh, does that have any validity in this case at all? <laughs> it's very interesting you should bring that up. Again, to talk about the fact that this is very much driven by political gamesmanship and who is foe and who is friend under this administration. We've seen tactics with this president that we also saw in the Obama administration. Yes. And I give you Lois Lerner's IRS mm -hmm. and the distinct targeting based on conservative or religious perspectives of nonprofit organizations who were suddenly finding themselves audited in droves. I will say that is distinctly something that I think will have a bearing on midterm elections. They barely met the 90-day timeline, but this is an administration, I believe, that's throwing everything at the wall in the hopes that it'll stick before the November season because they have a pursued nothing short of the most aggressive policy and regime reforms that we've seen in the modern era. And we did think things were significant. It was a great expansion of the administrative state and sexual politics, religious hostility under the Obama administration. We've seen that precise methodology here, except on steroids. So again, I think this is ultimately a president whose agencies are doing everything they can to ensure that not only Republicans, but particularly this Republican, does not stand a fighting chance in the elections, I think ultimately they're going to find that they're disappointed. Yeah, I'm actually really glad you did that, because one of the things I like to point out is that the Obama administration and the Biden administration operate pretty much the same way. And let's not forget the IRS uh, destroyed illegally a bunch of hard drives in that case and others yeah. when they were required to turn them over, and they didn't get raided by the FBI for failure to handle uh, classified information and things like that appropriately. Uh, right. The other the other thing I, I wanted to point out, too, is that one of the, I call it the Obama defense. Everybody in the, in the Obama administration was a senior official, including the attorney general at the time. They would always just say, we didn't have any idea that this was happening. Obama would say, I didn't know my attorney general was doing this. I read about it in the paper just like you did. The White House has issued a statement saying that Biden had no idea that this raid was going to happen. And Sarah, I just do not believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that the attorney general would raid the previous political opponent of Joe Biden and the potential future opponent of Joe Biden without running it by him first. Do you? I, no, I don't. And I think what we need from the president, if he does want to dispatch with the rumors that he was in full awareness of the fact that this raid was going to take place is to issue a public statement or to hold a press conference so that he can ultimately clear the record on that one way or the other. But the fact that we've seen nothing except a few weak representations from the White House press secretary doesn't, I think, sort of quell what the public is feeling and thinking about this. Regardless of whether or not you find the president to be an effective leader or a feckless leader based on his age, his con continual infection with COVID, his advanced sort of policy progressions into the realm of madness, regardless of those, if he wants to dispatch with the rumors and clear the record once and for all that this was above his pay grade, that Christopher Ray and Merrick Garland went off on their own to do this, he needs to make a public statement. He needs to appear in public, and he needs to make that representation for all of that to be put to rest. Do you think that the uh, we're hearing that they opened his personal safe, Trump's personal safe at Mar-a-Lago, 
and that nothing was in there. Do you think that that is extremely relevant to this case? Because they're making a big deal about that. You know, I do think it's relevant to this case, and I'll tell you why. That search warrant uh, distinctly, unless it was written out in such a way as to be vague and ambiguous under the law, but if this magistrate judge knew what he was doing, and I would imagine for a sitting president, he would want to make sure that the administrative form and procedure for a search warrant within his district is well buttoned up, that finding a safe, a personal safe to be empty, when in fact you've got a warrant indicating that you're going in to search that personal safe, I do think it's relevant because what it does is weaken the Department of Justice's claims that they were illicit classified materials in his house or on his person. Again, finding nothing but believing there to be at least probable cause that there was an, an indication of paperwork or government materials, government property within the safe and finding none. Again, the, the case that the DOJ is fronting here is appearing weaker and weaker by the minute. Sarah Perry, Senior Legal Fellow with the Heritage Foundation, thank you so much for the time. Again, I know it was very last minute today, and I appreciate you making the time to come on the program. Thanks for having me. All right. I appreciate it. All right, folks, we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, and covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, Wobo 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host. Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller, News Talk 1190-1075 FM. want to thank Sarah Perry from the Heritage Foundation for joining us. I was going to have the vice president of the Mies Legal Center on earlier, but I missed the email. Uh, so, unfortunately, that was my mistake, but Sarah was fantastic. So, looking forward to having her back on the program as well with a great explanation of what's going on. A couple minutes ago, I just got an email from James O'Keefe over at Project Veritas. Nearly a year ago. Speaking of FBI raids, I was going to talk about Project Veritas at some point today. Nearly a year ago, the FBI raided Project Veritas, and yesterday they raided President Trump. This has never happened before. The FBI raided a former president of the United States, whether Democrat or Republican, is unprecedented. The American public deserves to know the truth about why these raids happen. It is more important than ever to do everything within our power to investigate and expose corruption within the DOJ and the FBI. Thankfully, however, brave people inside the FBI and DOJ still exist, and they have been contacting us regularly. See, it's not just members of Congress who have their sources within the FBI. Project Veritas has been teasing that they're going to go after the FBI here uh, relatively soon for quite some time. One brave source recently leaked us the FBI's new domestic terrorism symbols guide, that featured patriotic symbols such as the Betsy Ross and Gadsden flags, as well as the Second Amendment. We talked about that on the show. Yesterday, I wore my Gadsden flag hat. The United States Navy still flies the Gadsden flag. Even gave you the history of the Gadsden flag, which was, by the way, the very first flag of the United States Navy and the United States Marine Corps. That's right. The FBI appears to support labeling Americans just like you as militia violent extremists for having a don't tread on me flag hanging outside of their house. Okay. Um, so he says he's going to cut to the chase. I need your financial support. He asks for money. Project Veritas always does, but they are basically linking to a bunch of articles here on Project Veritas 
and how they're going after the FBI. They have sources within the FBI. Project Veritas says that they're going to have an expose on the FBI coming soon. And a lot of their sources are saying similar things to sources that are contacting uh, Republican members of Congress. And these are sources who are saying that, hey, look, the leadership in the FBI is out there telling you point blank that we need to artificially increase the number of domestic extremists that have been arrested in cases where domestic extremism is not a not a factor. There's no evidence of it being a factor, but they're going to do it anyway to try and make it seem like domestic extremism is on the rise or is more prevalent than it really is. And we've seen this throughout human history multiple times. It never ends well. There's a reason that we say, look at history so that way you don't repeat it. Because the patterns that you see throughout human history tend to duplicate themselves over and over again. And as I have highlighted the strategy that we see modern leftists doing is exactly what Vladimir Lenin did. I have did an entire show, an early show, on this. And how the 45 communist goals were the goals of the communists in the Soviet Union to change American society. And how many of those goals have been fulfilled now versus 17 years ago when I first started telling you about them. To Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. The strategies to actually implement those 45 communist goals. Those are things that are being done right now. And you have groups like BLM and others who admit that they're Marxists and trained Marxists designed to steer elections in the direction that they want them to go. But you're just going to be labeled as a conspiracy theorist, even though you have text messages and emails and court documents and court rulings on your side, and all they have is hyperbole. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat Miller. Newstalk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. Join us on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Watch the live stream. Hit that subscribe button. Hang out with us. You can also join us on btmedia.news. Free social network for my listeners, along with a news aggregator. More coming up next. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm also, uh, well, I'm your host. I'm also your host. I host Casey Hendrickson, also filling in for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. I want to thank the Fort Wayne audience for joining us. You can also join us online at rumble.com slash Casey, the host. All right. Let's go over just a, a couple of other things here uh, dealing with this. Uh, Representative Paul Gosar was the first elected Republican to call for the move to disband the FBI after Mar-a-Lago. U.S. Representative Paul Gosar, Republican of Arizona, has called for the FBI to be disbanded after the Biden FBI raided former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago property in Florida. The FBI raid on Trump's home tells us one thing. Failure is not an option. We must destroy the FBI. We must save America. So, and, and here's the thing. I, I get that there's a lot of people going, well, well, you know, the FBI has done some great stuff and they're important, right? We need the FBI. And the answer to that is mm, maybe a lot of the duties that the FBI do can now be picked up by other departments in Homeland Security. So it's always possible that we can get rid of the FBI. We went over that a little bit earlier. The, the problem is that it's going to take uh, tremendous intestinal fortitude to get rid of the FBI. And then what happens to the people who work at the FBI? Where do they go? So this becomes the big question here. 
do we disband the FBI and let personnel in the FBI get absorbed into other agencies and bureaucracies? And does that solve the problem? That is the question. Or as I've been pointing out, does that just move the problem to a different location? So I would submit to you that it's not just getting rid of the FBI. The next question is, well, can we fire everybody at the FBI? I don't even know how many people work at the FBI. How many people work at the FBI? How many people work at the FBI? How many people are at Phoebe? 35,000 people are at Phoebe. Okay? 35,000 people. And a lot of them Good people, not crazy people. And I suppose the good ones could probably go into, you know, maybe local law enforcement or potentially go into, you know, maybe the marshals or something like that. But the real question is, yeah, how do you know which of those 35,000 are bad and which are good? That becomes a very difficult thing to assess. So do you fire them all? I don't know. There's some obviously very good talent there. It's the FBI after all. So here's, I think, a bare minimum. Everybody who is in a supervisory role at the FBI has got to be gone and banned from federal work. They can't be in federal law enforcement at all. They want to go into local law enforcement, maybe. We're at a point now where you can't trust anybody in a supervisory role in the FBI anymore. And I realize that that's going to probably sweep up a lot of people who are good people, honest people, doing what... but. I don't know how else you go through this besides a years-long protracted internal investigation, which is going to cost a ton of money and may ultimately never get any results because we have these elections every two years. And eventually that stuff is going to be going to be stopped, right? And it'll probably be delayed, 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 new election, um, now you've got Democrats in place and they put a stop to it. So Republicans, you know, get elected again. Maybe they start back up again. Then another election, Democrats have put a stop to it. You get what I'm saying? What you could do is probably make broad sweeping managerial and supervisory changes. Certainly in headquarters. There's no doubt that this has to happen at headquarters. The FBI at headquarters has got to be gotten rid of. There's no doubt about that. So maybe that's a way forward. Can it be done? Yeah, it can be done. Will it be done? Probably not. Probably not. But as I've said before, the issue isn't even really the FBI abusing its authority. The issue is that every time they abuse their authority, nobody is held accountable. If you start holding them accountable, you're going to have less people at the FBI abusing their authority. So you have to ask the question, which is why I asked this earlier, and I pointed out to the Stingray devices that were uncovered in Washington, D.C. a few years ago, which are listening to basically the entire capital. Why is it that the FBI, when they do illegal things, and this isn't hyperbole, this is according to the FISA court multiple times, the FBI has broken the law. Why is it that nobody is held accountable? Nobody loses their job. Nobody is arrested. Nobody has their positions their rank, their pay, or anything like that messed with. Nobody. Including Director Ray, 
who has been caught lying to a FISA court and continuing operations that he promised to end, which were illegal under James Comey. So why do they never get punished for doing the things that they do? Perhaps, and I don't know, but perhaps those listening devices, the FBI, discovered Maybe I'm not crazy, and maybe those are FBI stingray devices, and they're not foreign government devices. They're our devices, and the FBI's been listening to everybody in the Capitol, and maybe the FBI has a lot of dirt on people. Casey, you sound conspiratorial. Go back and look at what Hoover did, and tell me that that is not a possibility right now. You tell me, with the technology that we have now, that it isn't likely that there are people at the FBI who are spying on everybody in government to get leverage so the FBI has control and protection. Tell me that that isn't a possibility. And if there's anybody out there who doesn't think that that's a real possibility, you are wonderfully naive, and I have real estate on the ocean in Arizona for you to buy. To quote an old song. There's got to be a reason, right? Because I've cited the FISA court documents to you. The FISA court, this wasn't a leak. The FISA court themselves released the transcripts where they said they believe the FBI is continuing illegal surveillance operations on Americans in violation of their civil rights and that they had been doing it for years. Remember, the FISA court is supposed to provide oversight for these FISA warrants. And this is all happening under James Comey and probably happening under Mueller before him. And the FISA court's the one, a notoriously secret court, they released those transcripts so the public would know what the FBI was doing to encourage the FBI to stop those operations. And Director Ray promised to stop them. So did McCabe. McCabe continued him. Director Ray is continuing him. And Ray's been caught at least two times that I'm aware of in the news continuing those illegal operations on you. How is he not in handcuffs? How does he still have a job? If you don't think he should go to jail for breaking the law and spying on Americans illegally, why does he still have a job when we know that he has continued to authorize these things? And if he didn't authorize them... Why isn't the person who did it in violation of the director's orders, why is that person not fired and why is that person not in jail? The only answer that I could possibly give to you folks is that, well, there's two possibilities. One, they're being ordered to do it and it is a part of their job now, which requires all sorts of shadowy things to happen. Or the FBI's got juice on people. And job security as a result of having that juice. Oh, yeah, you heard you heard about us uh, illegally surveilling American citizens and violating the rights. Yeah, yeah, the FISA court did tell us to stop doing it. Yes, I did promise to stop doing it. No, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't I didn't actually stop doing it. Yeah, the, the media report is correct. Yes. Oh, my resignation? Yeah, the problem is, um, Representative Swalwell, I've got video of you having relations with a Chinese spy. I'm just using Swalwell as an example because Swalwell is out there smirking and Swalwell, I think, is probably a government asset for China. So, you get how this game goes, right? 
Now, Just the News actually had an article here. Was this published? This was published yesterday. Former acting director of national intelligence Rick Gurnell is warning that the FBI is facing a real crisis from partisan tampering with investigations, revealing that he actually urged then-President Trump to fire Director Ray back in 2020 when such concerns first became obvious. So did all of us. You know, the reality is that President Trump messed up a lot with personnel. He had a few really good people around him, and he had a lot of bad people around him, and he wouldn't listen to the few good people around him who kept telling him to, to get rid of some of these bad apples. That's the truth, and I don't know why. Maybe he felt he needed them. Maybe he felt even if they didn't like him very much, they were good at their job, and they were important, and they were talented. I don't know, but we were all screaming at the top of our lungs for him to fire Director Ray. We didn't want anybody in the Mueller legacy to be left over as the head of the FBI, and that included... Comey and McCabe and Ray. I, I remember coming on this show going, why won't he fire this guy? And I'm, I'm sure some of it is, well, he's going to have to deal with, you're not allowed to fire an FBI director, which, of course, the president is allowed to fire an FBI director. We all know what happened with the James Comey thing. And maybe he just didn't want to deal with that anymore. That's possible. But Richard Grinnell was telling him, you need to get rid of Ray because Ray is going to come after you. And that's exactly what's happening. Richard Grinnell was right. I wish, I wish that Trump had listened to him, but he didn't. There is another case involving the DOJ and the FBI and Trump and everything else that is not related to the Mar-a-Lago thing. And there's been a development in that because Judicial Watch has now filed a lawsuit against the Department of Justice over this. We'll talk about that next on News Talk 95.3. Michiana's news channel also filling in for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190-1075 FM. Now, this will pertain to both audiences, both Michiana and Fort Wayne. I just got an email from Bob over at Fair US because Pat and I will both be in Washington, D.C. at the end of September for the Hold Their Feet to the Fire conference. And uh, they are working to finalize their guest list. So we hosts will be able to start getting our interview requests in here soon and be able to book those uh, book those interviews. So when we are in Washington, D.C., uh, Pat and I will be able to uh, interview some of the best experts in the country about immigration in the United States, including law enforcement, uh, angel families, and policymakers, tons and tons of people. I'm saddened because I was going to be in D.C. at the end of September, and I was going to be uh, at Jackie Wilarski's office getting a tour of the Capitol, and that will not happen at this point in time. Um, so it's... It's going to be bittersweet when I'm in D.C., but nonetheless, it's going to be good to see everybody there. And it is always a great, great uh, couple of days. And I'm looking forward to having Pat back there this, this year as well. All right. Judicial Watch has now sued the Department of Justice to release Trump declassified, quote, smoking gun documents from the Russia probe. Now, for those of you who need a little background on this, the... President of the United States, Donald Trump, declassified documents which proved that there was basically an intelligence operation against him. So he declassified them, which is something that everybody wanted, right? The left kept saying, well, why doesn't Trump declassify these documents then if he's so innocent? 
Trump was openly, publicly calling for the documents to be declassified. But the media was always saying, yeah, but they're not declassified, which means he's just saying it, but he's not actually doing it. And even when they got the memo, which he released publicly, which called for the documents to be declassified, the media was still doing their blue and on conspiracy theory stuff and telling you that he doesn't really want it declassified. The memo was public, but in the secret dark rooms, Trump was saying, don't declassify anything, right? Well, it turns out he actually did want them declassified. He did order them declassified. And we found out here in the last couple of weeks that the Department of Justice just said no. And they slow walked it until Trump was out of office. And then they did not declassify the documents as required by law that he ordered declassified. And they kept them classified. Now, these are documents that Trump alleges are exculpatory and will prove that he was innocent and always was, and that there was a fabricated case against him, which we already know is true anyway, but he wants these documents which highlight who was doing what inside the Department of Justice. The conservative watchdog Judicial Watch has sued the Justice Department to compel the release of smoking gun documents that former President Donald Trump declassified and ordered released that detailed misconduct in the FBI's discredited Russia collusion investigation. Now, this is not just important because we're dealing with the Department of Justice and the Mar-a-Lago raid, but remember when we had Sarah Perry on from the Heritage Foundation, a senior legal analyst, she said the, the basically the contention from Cash Patel, if Cash Patel tells you something, he's probably telling you the truth. I've never known Cash Patel to lie to anybody. So if Cash Patel is telling everybody the documents that they're saying that Trump had that he wasn't supposed to have were declassified and therefore he was allowed to have them, I'm going to believe Cash Patel until proven otherwise because he's had a solid record on this period. So we have a scenario at Mar-a-Lago where documents that were declassified by President Trump were in his possession. The government is saying, no, they weren't declassified. But Cash Patel and others are alleging that they are. Well, here we've got a situation where President Trump declassified Department of Justice documents and the Department of Justice refused to declassify them, even though they are compelled by law to do so with the appropriate redactions, which, of course, President Trump told them to make. So it's also possible that the failure to declassify documents that President Trump declassified was also something that the swamp was refusing to do in order to allow a raid like what happened at Mar-a-Lago to happen at some point in the future when it was expeditious. The Freedom of Information Act lawsuit was filed quietly in federal court on August 1st, announced on Monday by Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton. The Obama-Biden administration and deep state spying on Trump and his associates is the worst government corruption scandal in American history. And to make matters worse, the Biden DOJ simply refuses to release smoking gun documents about this corruption that the American people have an absolute right to see. Just the News reported last month that Trump ordered the the declassification and release of a binder filled with sensitive FBI documents on January 19, 2021, but the Justice Department never complied with that release. Now, what if, what if the same thing happened with the documents in question at Mar-a-Lago? Trump's team contends they were declassified. The government is saying they weren't declassified. What if he ordered them declassified and they didn't do it just so they could launch a raid on a former president. That would then become the biggest scandal in American political history.
MNC News Time is 5.30. I'm Casey Hendrickson. We got more coming up. Also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190-1075 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Also covering for Pat Miller, News Talk 1190-1075 FM. In the midst of the Mar-a-Lago stuff and, you know, you got... Uh, Judicial Watch, again, filing their lawsuit against the Department of Justice because the DOJ refused to release, as they're required by law to do. Remember, the DOJ doesn't just get to say, no, we're not going to declassify these documents uh, that the president ordered us to declassify. We're not going to do that. They don't get to do that. They are required to release those documents. Now, President Trump made sure that he gave the order to do that with the appropriate redactions and exclusions being made to those documents. There's a process that plays out when you declassify documents. So when they go out, they have to go through a process where they are reviewed and redactions are made. Okay, Those are protect sources, methodology, that sort of stuff. And those redactions, classified information. Those redactions are then made. It's submitted again. It goes through again. If any additional retractions need to be made, it gets sent back. Those retractions are then made. It gets submitted again. Ultimately, finally, when the process is done and they go, okay, all the necessary redactions are here. There's no classified information or anything like that that we don't want the public to see. You can now release the documents. Then those documents are released. The DOJ just straight up refused to do it. They never processed the documents to be released at all, even though they were ordered to do so by President Trump while president. This is why Judicial Watch is filing that lawsuit. And again, separate case from Mar-a-Lago but the same thing. I have to under I have to point this out to you. It's not, you know, not something you need to understand. It's something that's basic and common sense. Let's say, for the sake of argument here, Trump is guilty. Let's just say that. He has documents he's not supposed to have. He's not securing them the way that he's supposed to secure them. Let's just say that happens. There's no evidence of that yet, but let's just say that happens. You are never going to get half of this country, probably two-thirds of this country, to go along with an FBI raid and how he's being treated, considering all of the other people who did far worse things with classified documents than he did, never being held accountable, never being raided by law enforcement, never having documents or anything like that seized. You're never going to get a large chunk of this country to go along with how this was handled, considering what he's being accused of and what others have demonstrably done. Not just being accused of it, but have absolutely done. You're never going to get people to accept that. And if you are one of these people going, ah, see, he's guilty. You should never be able to run for president again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, of course, we had Sarah Perry, who is a senior legal analyst over at Heritage Foundation. She goes, that is not a disqualifier from running for president anyway. Um, if you were one of these people, then you have got to have that same opinion about Hillary Clinton and anybody in her inner sphere who handled documents in the way that Hillary Clinton handled them, period. There's just, there's no other way. One of the funniest stories that I saw today, and this is amazing, Hillary Clinton's lawyer says that if, if Trump removed, concealed, or destroyed federal records, and he is barred from ever holding federal office. Hillary Clinton's own lawyer said that. Hillary Clinton, who did all of that, her lawyer is saying it. 
Which, by the way, ain't true. But I digress. It is, uh, <laughs> it is amazing to see this. When you have people with no shame, they will do anything. And I've been telling you before, leftists have no shame. If they had shame, they would have apologized to you for all of the Trump-Russia collusion stories, but they haven't. If they had shame, they would be embarrassed that they had Adam Schiff on their programs, and they would have never let him come back on unless they were going to be ripping him a new one for lying to them and misleading their audience. If they had shame, you wouldn't have had Vanity Fair interviewing Rachel Maddow this week and publishing lies about George W. Bush's military record and the Dan Rather scandal. But they don't have any shame, so they will continue to do it. And they're never going to be held accountable by the people who should hold them accountable. So it's ultimately up to you. I just want to just think of the, the, the surreal environment that we live in that Hillary Clinton's lawyer is like, wow, this is really bad. If Trump concealed, removed, or destroyed federal records, that is like, that's a disqualifier for running for office. Hillary's lawyer said that. And it's not up for debate. She removed classified documents. She concealed classified documents. And Hillary Clinton destroyed classified documents. And the defense of why she shouldn't face charges when Comey had his little press conference and Comey said she broke the law, Comey's defense of Hillary Clinton was she's not sophisticated enough to know any better. But she's the most smarterest woman in the world. And Donald Trump is just a big orange oaf who doesn't know anything, right? So couldn't Trump use that same exact logic? Jake Tapper, another scandal, another fake news story about Trump. Jake Tapper is repeating. Remember, every, every fake scandal that they tried on Trump, they would use it. We'd end up proving it wrong. They would put it back on the shelf to be recycled at a later time. It wouldn't just go away because it was fake news. They would put it on the shelf and they would recycle it at another time. We demonstrated this over and over again, going back through the presidential campaign, uh, going through his four years, and then, of course, throughout the last campaign. Every single fake news scandal that they had about Trump that would get debunked, they would put on the shelf, and they would bring it back down off of the shelf a little while later, and they would run it as a brand new scandal. It was the same thing. And the New Yorker and Jake Tapper are doing that right now. They're talking about this story about General Milley and Trump. It is a recycled old story. It is the same one. The same one that was in John Bolton's book that was debunked by everybody that John Bolton said was there. But it's the same exact thing. We'll go over that next. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And filling in for Pat Miller, Newstalk 1190, WoWA 107.5 FM. So what is this fake story that Jake Tapper over It's Not News at CNN is pushing. This is the old Trump doesn't want wounded veterans in the military parade thing. We've already heard this story before. They're presenting it as if it were a new story because it's coming out in another book. Bolton already talked about this in his book, and it was debunked by everybody who was there. Everybody who was there. And the allegation goes something like this. 
Trump didn't want wounded veterans in a parade because it looks bad to have wounded veterans in a parade and it'll make him look bad as commander-in-chief. But it never happened. It's a fake story. Yet another fake scandal that has already been debunked months ago, years ago, because when it came out in Bolton's book, it had already been debunked prior to that. But they're still recycling these old conspiracy theories just to get Trump. Make no mistake, this was a flashpoint, and I hope it doesn't get bad. we got more coming up. We'll see you tomorrow.